if you're here for the first time, you might feel like we're a little different. Um, maybe we're not, maybe we are, but we are who we are, and we're comfortable and happy with who we are. So we're happy to have you. We um, have some family visiting, it looks like, and we have some friends from the valley, and some, yeah, some new faces. Hopefully you've had a chance to, to connect with one another. That's why we do the coffee snack break, is not because, um, well, I mean, partly to caffeinate, for some of you that need to caffeinate, but it's also because, for us, church is about connection. Church is about coming together and entering into one another's stories. And that's much deeper. Okay, this is not my message, by the way, but this is just something that you all need to hear, I guess. One of the reasons my wife and I spent a while not going to a Sunday morning gathering was not because we didn't want to hear the Word of God, not because we didn't want to join in worship or, or meet new people, but it was because that 30-second section of time when the pastor would say, all right, now stand up, turn around in your chairs and greet somebody. And then it turned into, you do that, you stand up, you say, hi, I'm Chris. I'm Larry. And then you don't know when the end is coming, so you don't really go anywhere from there, except that, that just kind of awkward, uh, do I have a moment to ask you about yourself? Or, and that really was we had had enough awkward experiences with that where that was enough to like keep us away from going to church. Or at least going to a Sunday morning gathering, I will say. But one of the things that when we first came here, we saw this whole five-minute thing and everybody, like nobody wants to come back to hear the announcements. Nobody wants to keep moving forward because the, the peak moment of energy and life in the whole gathering is that five-minute time when everybody's connecting. So who knows, maybe we need to extend that and have like a 20-minute timer, or maybe we need to get rid of the timer, or maybe that's all we're going to, I don't know, but, but just, we love that we can come together and actually enter into one another's stories. We've been talking for how long now? Since July 6th or so, we've been talking about community, and to bring some of you that are new here up to speed, we've been looking at community from a lot of different facets. We talked about how from the very beginning, community has been God's original intention, for human beings, that Adam, this solitary human, was created, and before the fall of man, before God was betrayed, before sin and death entered the world, God looked at Adam in his solitariness and said, this is not good. There was something wrong with creation before anything ever happened in regards to sin and death and the fall. God said, it is not good for this human to be alone. Because this human is made in our image, the image of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So God said these humans are created for community. They're wired relationally. That's why we come together. And we've talked about vulnerability and about opening up and leaning in. We had an image of a, uh, Cindy's not here this morning, but an image of a skydiver. And you can imagine some of the emotions associated with skydiving where it's, you know, just kind of cozy and comfortable and safe and fine, right? Absolutely not, but there's this opening up after the leap of opening up and leaning into community and into relationship with one another, that that's really where life is found. That's where God is found. Uh, we talked about sharing one another's stories, about really being able to enter into one another's stories and experiences. Um, we've talked about a lot. What else? What are some things that we've talked about in relationship to community? Will you guys help me fill in some of the gaps? I didn't bring my stool, by the way, if you notice. I normally sit. It's because God told me that there's something else on God's heart for this morning that's not about me just talking the whole time. So I thought if I have to stand, I'll keep it more brief. 
and then we can move into where God, you know, where God wants to take us. But um, yeah, what are some other things that have been impactful for you over the last few weeks in regards to community? What are some of the things we've talked about? Vulnerability. We talked about vulnerability. Vulnerability comes from this Latin word to wound. Vulnerability is not a word that everybody gets excited about because it means we're opening ourselves up for the potential of being wounded. But we also realize there's no love without risk, is there? We use the analogy of parents who literally, once you have kids, those of you that have kids, you feel like you're wearing your heart outside of your body. Right? If that's not vulnerable, I don't know what is. But vulnerability is an essential ingredient to true community. Yeah, what else? What are some other things that we've, that we've talked about? Knowing that God is love. Whatever you add is great. We love what you add. Yeah, we, there's this phrase that has really changed my world, and it's this idea that we can only be loved to the extent that we're known. That really, whatever we project of ourselves is not, we don't really receive love if we're putting on masks or if we're putting on these projections because it's not the real us that's receiving the affection, that's receiving the love. So we can only be loved to the extent that we are known. And so opening ourselves, that vulnerability piece goes with being loved. We are wired for love, created for love. We even talked about how our brains, our, our neural connections change as we live in community. We become more whole in our thinking and our operating as we relate to one another in healthy, empathetic, compassionate ways. Yeah. Um, and then last week, we got to hear about what, well, yeah, one of our beloved family members got to share about what it looks like to really be loved well by someone else, and then to be known fully and intimately by God. I hope that you had some time to read through Psalm 139 this week and, and be encountered by God in that way. And, and something I realized really quick, Psalm 139, we're all familiar with that, right? It's this, David is talking to God and saying, if I go up to the heights, you are there. And if I go down to the depths, you are there. And where can I go from your presence? And I used to think about that purely in physical terms. I lived in China for five years. And God was the same God there in China as God is here for me in Morro Bay, which is crazy. I was looking out across, I was standing or sitting, I guess, on our porch, looking out over the ocean one day, reading Psalm 139, and I was thinking, China is on the other side there. I can't even see it. It's 5,000 miles away, and yet God still operated and moved and loved me in the same way 5,000 miles away as God does here in Morro Bay. That's crazy. And God didn't have to get on a plane. God didn't have to move. God didn't have to go anywhere. And that was powerful to think about, that, that God is the same in intensity and, and love for us everywhere. But the thing that hit me last week was that, what if we saw Psalm 139 in emotional terms? If I go up to the heights of human experience, if I go up to the heights of emotion and joy and, and elation and excitement, you are there. But then if I go down to the depths of despair, if I go down to the depths of wounding and pain and sorrow, God is saying, I'm there too. And I had never seen that until Aaron started opening up Psalm 139 for us last week. 
And God says, I'm calling you to enter into that with one another as well. To go to the heights of celebration with one another and to go to the depths of sorrow with one another so that there's nowhere you go that you have to feel alone. Because to be alone is a violation of your very being. Now, it's been a rich few weeks for me, at least. So, this morning, bringing us up to now, I... Do not have some... There's this verse that hit me all of a sudden that I had never seen before and I attempted to craft a message around it and I could not. I attempted to craft a message around it and I could not. Now that's saying something because I spent... Last week in Denver, I spent 15 hours speaking to a group of students in Youth with a Mission. And the week before that, I was at a youth retreat. I, this message thing, this talking with people is what I do for a living. I enjoy it. I love it. But as I tried to take this verse and craft a message around it, I came up dry. And I was like, whoa, that's a new experience for me. And I don't say that in an arrogant way, but it just, that was a new thing to, to come across this and say, there's so much here that I don't even know where to start to unpack it and, and to put a message around it. And it's found in a really perplexing scene in the book of Genesis. And we're not going to go into all the nuances of what's going on in the story. Sometime in the future, we're going to take some time and and dive in to some of those really perplexing, confusing stories of the Old Testament. I really can't wait for that. I want us to do that as a family at some point. This is not the time. But I want you to think for a minute about this statement that God makes in Genesis chapter 11. In regards to the, it's the account of the Tower of Babel. Will you listen to this for a minute with me? Here's the story in a nutshell. Now the whole earth had one language and the same words. And as people migrated from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar and settled there. This is Genesis, or the, yeah, Genesis chapter 11, I'm starting in verse 1. And the people said to one another, in the same language, probably not English, they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and some other thing, I don't know what it is, bitumen, for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower with its top in the heavens, and let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be dispersed over the face of the whole earth. Does this story sound familiar to you guys? We've all read the story of the Tower of Babel, right? Now listen to this. So this makes sense. There's these humans that are coming together and trying to unite around this common purpose. Okay? Listen to God's response. And the Lord said, Behold, they are one people, and they all have one language, and this is only the beginning of what they will do. Now here's the kicker. This is the verse that I read this and I thought, that is the power of community. God says this. Think about this. Coming from the mouth of God. And nothing that they propose to do will now be impossible for them. These little measly humans, these humans that sing about being unworthy and that sing about being dust and all these things, 
God looks at them coming together in community with unity, right? Come, unity. God looks at them coming together with unity and God says, now there is nothing that will be impossible for them to do. That's what we're going to say for the future. Thank you for being willing to have that delayed gratification. Now, this is what God says. God says, come, let us go down and therefore confuse their language so they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord dispersed them from there all over the face of the earth. Now, we will go there because I think there's more going on there than we hear about in Sunday school. But for now... I want us to land on that statement coming from God's mouth. These people, if they come together, there will be nothing that will be impossible for them to do. Is that crazy to anyone else but me? I mean, do you, do you feel the weight of that statement coming from the mouth of God? These people come together and there will be nothing that can stop them from doing what's in their hearts. Is there something for us to tap into as a community? Is there something that maybe we have underestimated the power and the potency and the significance of us coming together under God's intentions, not just our own? God isn't even, listen to this, God is saying nothing about them coming together in the power of God's Spirit. God is just saying if they come together in the power that I have given them as human beings, nothing will be impossible for them. Imagine what would be possible for people that come together in the anointing and unity and the empowerment of the Spirit of the Almighty God. Oh my So what I wanted us to do, I wanted to share with you, inspired by that and, and provoked by that, I wanted to share with you kind of a vision that, that we have for this community. And it was based on a statement that one of my professors at Fuller Seminary said. He said, what if we saw church, what if we saw church as the hub around which or from which all of us as individuals resourced our lives and kingdom endeavors. Will you let me say that one more time? And I don't say it to be patronizing, but will you, I want you guys to get this because I think there's something here. As soon as I heard this, I was like, that's part of who we want to be. He said, what if we saw church, the sun, this Sunday morning gathering, as the hub through which we all resourced one another in our lives and kingdom endeavors? Now, I don't know what that means yet. I don't know what that looks like because this is a learning process for all of us, but when I heard that, something sparked in me like, yes, because I know that I have something God's put in my heart to do, but I am not enough to do it on my own. God has put something in my heart, but I don't in myself have the resources to do what God has called me to do. Any of you feel that way as well? How many of you know that, that God has something for you? You wake up 
on a daily basis and you know there's things that God's put in front of you, but the resources that it demands are beyond you. Raise your hand if you feel that way. <laughs> Some of us feel that more than others. So what if part of our role together is to be a place where whatever those resources look like, this is a place where we can come together and be encouraged into and resourced into what God has for us. You know that Coastlands Vineyard Church, if you were to put Coastlands Vineyard Church on a map, it would not show up, okay, for the purpose of coming here, it does show up at 501 Sequoia Street, Morro Bay. But really, if we were to map Coastlands Vineyard Church, you know where the little dots would be? Dots? They would be at Cal Poly, and they would be at other schools, and they would be at Ace Hardware and Miners. They would be all around the whole entire valley because Coastlands Vineyard Church exists wherever we bring ourselves. Coastlands Vineyard Church exists wherever we are, Monday through Saturday. And then we all come together here to take what we get here back out there. That's where we exist. Are, are, are you guys tracking with what I'm... So what I had on my heart for this morning is to kind of pull us together and say, how does God want to meet us? I felt like God wanted to, to kind of open up a time where we, yeah, and we do have time for it. I felt like God wanted to open up a time where we can actually share with one another. Here are some things that God has put on my plate or some things that God has put on my heart, and I know that in and of myself, I don't have enough to do it. I need people to come around me in prayer, encouragement, and provision, all these different things. And I'm not talking about us just kind of putting a list of financial needs and, and writing checks. I'm talking about a richer type of resource than just giving each other finances. If you look at the early church, you realize that they did practically share all of their needs, all of their abundance with one another. Those that had surplus shared their needs with those that had lack. And eventually, I would love to see us be more of that. And that's something that's hard to kind of just facilitate and direct from the front. But there's this mutual meeting of needs where we all realize that there is more that God's calling us to do than we have the power to do ourselves. If we come together, there is nothing that can stop us with God's power from doing what God has called us to do. And I know you guys are still thinking like, but wait a minute, what's going on in that Tower of Babel story? Why would God do that? Come back around. We'll go there. But for now, what is on your heart and what do you need this morning? How can God meet you through this community? That's what's on our heart.